this podcast is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence, a show in which we go spearfishing with John Malkovich from the top of a fire engine. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everyone. It's, it's a bit late. It, we're Sorry. late. We're late by a week. We were. Um, we had a bit too much to drink during the Hootenanny. And, All that non-alcoholic gin really got to our heads. And I ate a whole tub of Twiglets in a <laughs> in one sitting. So we just had to take a take a little breather, didn't we? Yeah, you girl got deadlines. Exactly. Uh, this time round, Conair. Conair. Big fancy Conair. Conair. Favorite of Nicolas Cage fans everywhere. Yeah, it's one of the big sort of three. There's big three action films from this era. We've got Face Off, which we've covered. Conair, and then The Rock. This, I believe, is one of the films that you tried to use to me when we first talked about the show as uh, evidence that Nicolas Cage was great. I've never watched this. And you've never seen it before. And I only found that out while we were watching this. I assumed that you'd already seen it and loved it. No. No, I've not seen this. I feel deceived. I do love this, though, having just watched it. (laughs) It's great fun. I mean... It's good fun. It's very much up your street. Yeah, it's... It's so silly. Stupid, macho bullshit. It's like riding a roller coaster. I loved it. It It's great fun. It did. There were points of it where I was like, this would be a good coaster. It would be a good coaster. coaster. You're like strapped into a plane going down the Las Vegas Strip and it's all exploding (laughs) around you. That'd be great. Anyway, uh, yeah, Conair. 1997, Simon West directed, Jerry Bruckheimer film, feels very much like it should have been a Michael Bay picture. It's got oh, that vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And clearly Michael was busy doing coke, uh, so he wasn't available to direct it. Forgive me my ignorance. Was Michael Bay around? When was this uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay was probably at the beginning of his career so not necessarily known for being Um, the guy that blows shit up shall i have a look oh go on shall i do some bit of actual research shall i do some michael bay research i feel like michael bay's worked with bruckheimer at this point in in his career okay while you do that maybe we should introduce ourselves just in case anyone's picking this up for the first time maybe this is your um new year's resolution to listen to this shit (laughs) My name's Callum. And I'm Chelsea. I'm really struggling to IMDB the word Michael Bay while saying my name. Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Callum. Hi, I'm Michael Bay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Callum. He likes Nicolas Cage. I had never seen any apart from a handful of really shit ones. He's trying to convince me Nicolas Cage is the one true God. I still disagree. Yeah. That's, that's basically, where we are after, what, nearly two years of making this show. I the, still haven't changed my mind. So, uh, Michael Bay, previous to this, made Bad Boys. Okay. And The Rock. So he's done some big ones. And was probably in pre-production for Armageddon. So we are actually uh, at the kind of, just the beginning of the hype. You know? Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2. That's like... Yeah. Famageddon. Okay. Um, so yeah, this definitely feels like a a Michael Bay pick. Yeah. I, I think that's partly to do with Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer's films all have this, this kind of like golden hour, shiny, very sweaty, dirty look to them. Sweaty is the right word. It's a sweaty ass there, film. I felt sweaty watching it. Yeah. I was like, 
this is a task. Yeah. What is going on here? No wonder they're all sweating. This is to the wire shit. Everyone is sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our take on the movie. Everyone's sweaty. sweaty. Watch it. Enjoy. Do you want to give us the basics of the plot? Um, so... Nicholas Cage is a good, good military boy mm-hmm. who gets into trouble defending his wife yeah. from three random drunkos, and he accidentally kills one of those guys yeah. in this fight, yeah. which was self-defense. Yeah. Uh, but he goes to jail. We then skip past his eight years in jail, and it's the day of his release. And for some reason, rather than just releasing him normally, yeah, he's getting a flight on a plane that is taking a bunch of quite dangerous people yeah. to a supermax facility in his home state. Yeah, a special con special, air. It's it, con air. Yeah. yeah. Special prisoner plane. Special prisoner plane. He's getting a flight on that. He's on parole. He's going home. Everyone else is going to the supermax prison. Yeah. And then the prisoners take over the plane and he's got to remain the good guy, defending the guards, etc, etc. Yeah. Save all the good guys, kill all the bad guys, get home for daughter's birthday. Land the plane. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's great. I love this. I mean, I had fun. Action movies are not my thing, which is maybe part of the reason I've never quite gelled with Mr. Cage. Yeah. You got to... You got further than I thought you would before you said the phrase, I'm done with this now. (laughs) Because you use that phrase a lot when we watch cage action films. Yes, because often they're not as, um, should I say well thought out? That's a bit of an insult to the screenwriters, but often they are just Nicolas Cage has a weapon and a nice car and he's going to fuck some shit up looking for revenge. I mean, the, and that's ex- it. the example that comes to my mind is Face Off. Yes. I mean, oh admittedly, God, Face Off is a... T- it's a two and a half hour epic. To be fair, that was my main problem with Face Off. It's just too it's long. It's just too long. I can get behind the silly extra, yeah. they swap their faces yeah. and become the other person. That's fine. I can get behind it. It's a concept. Someone's thought about it. Why is it two and a half hours long? It's a lot of face swapping to talk about. That's like nearly Infinity War. Like It doesn't need to be that long. No. I mean, Infinity War didn't need to be that long. <sighs> Come at me, fanboys. I just, there's no need for a film to be more than an hour and three quarters. I mean, and this I want one's us to return only to just, the hour and a half. This film. is hour, hour 55 ish. So, hour 50 without the credits. But you, and you got, you admittedly got to about the, the about hour 45 and you went, I'm done with this. Yeah, it's that last sequence where they went, okay, now we can blow all our budget on this big thing and you think it's over, but there's another thing that has to be done. Yeah. That classic, it's over, but you haven't actually faced off the big bad yet. Yeah. And if they just cut off, like, maybe 10 minutes of the section before, where before they land in LA, yeah. they're at this, like, abandoned airfield. Or the bit between the airfield and and, and Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just cut out ten minutes there yeah. and I would have been like, yeah, okay, this is tight. Yeah. I yeah. can I can do that. I and agree. it wasn't it wasn't egregiously over long. No, I, I, it was just too long for me. I, my one of my things is I think the pacing's actually pretty good in that we spend a decent amount it's a bit fast at the beginning. Oh, it's very quick. But we skip eight. <laughs> once we skip eight years of his yeah, life in a really, in a, really bad voiceover. In a bad voiceover montage. But once we get on the plane, yeah, 
a decent amount of time is set aside to set up characters. And there's a lot of characters happening. Yeah. And a fair amount of juggling. And most of it's done pretty well. There's yeah. only a few sort of shitty caricatures. But there's bound to be. There's like 30 convicts on this plane. And we know the vast majorities are the one that we need to know. Yes. And um, they do a decent job of like... Setting it up, ramping the tension, moving to a new location when we get bored of the plane, moving to another new location when we get bored of the sort of wreck yard. Yeah, apart from the obvious sort of late 90s, early 2000s caricatures and slightly offensive stereotypes, I don't really have a problem with the script. I think it's really quite well done. I can understand why people really love this film. Well, and people really love this film, man. I this is the thing is I think the Amazon reviews later on are going to be really positive. When it came out, it got pretty piss poor reviews really? from the critics. Yeah, it got a lot of like meh. Like this, I feel might be a bit of a trend with Cage films, though. Yeah, critics, not fans, but really appeals to wider audiences. I think as well, like the Jerry Bruckheimer thing. And the, the, the Michael Bay, like this kind of feel, this kind of like late 90s, dirty, sweaty action films have kind of come back as like a really guilty pleasure, yeah. but also kind of come back as people legitimately like looking at the craft of these films. Yeah. Like you cannot admit like that I, I am a, I'm not a fan of Michael Bay. Like a lot of his mm-hmm. films I have very big problems with because they are homophobic misogynistic they are they're just sort of but visually they look beautiful because that man knows how to film an explosion (laughs) and you know at least i can take that for its credit but um i feel like there's there's this kind of like there's this like love that we all have for this kind of genre of filmmaking Mm -hmm. because action films don't look and feel like this anymore no because they're all superhero films or They're all, you know, The Rock. Or at least people who seem like superheroes, even yeah, if they're not. Exactly. They're suddenly superhumanly strong. And at least in this, Nicolas Cage yeah. knows how to fight yeah. because he was in the Military, army. Military, yeah. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't hang off a fucking plane or do anything that humans shouldn't do. Does he? Mm, no, no. He does some things that are a bit like, how's he getting away with that? Yeah, but But not, nothing major. Nothing, nothing major. I would go... Ugh. Yeah, nothing that like Shang Chi should be doing instead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, but, but I, also, I mean, I feel like it works because it's basically it's Die Hard, isn't it? It's basically Die Hard. It's basically yeah. Die Hard. Die Hard on a plane. Substitute tower for plane. Boom. There's even die a hard. little confined sequence where he's essentially in an air vent that oh, isn't an air vent he's the, in the little storage hole the crouch fight yeah the, the fight the, fight. Cr- the fight that they have in the crawl space <laughs> crouch fight I like the crouch fight anyway yeah. should we how do we want to do this this time round do we want to work from the top and... yeah yeah let's I mean having said I enjoy the script I did pick holes the entire way through yeah oh yeah and they're not holes that ruin the story they're just holes that make me go what the f- why? Why why did this Like first in? of all, I don't know a lot about the prison system in America. Yeah. But from what I understand, Nicolas Cage's home is in Alabama. Yeah. He gets sent to prison. Mhm. And he the the supermax facility they're going back to is in Alabama. So he's been sent to prison so far away that they can't just take an armored bus. They have to take a flight. Yeah. 
I thought you had to be sent to prison somewhere near where you're from so that yeah you have you can have visitors that's like a is that not a human right my only thought when you brought this up is maybe his family have moved he's been in prison for eight years okay well they could have don't know where that is no but they could have moved across the country to get away from the hometown where they this horrific i don't think they just move prisoners because their families move i don't think that's how it works because they would have been living there when he got sent down right so let's say that because the prison... I Are you got... saying he moved before he got the sentence? No, no, I'm saying fight happened in place A. Yeah. Yeah? It did say where that place was. And the was. family live in place A, so he mm-hmm. goes to prison in place A. While he's in prison in place A, yeah. the family move to place B, i.e. Alabama. Really, I've not picked the right letters here. No. Balabama. <laughs> Balabama. So they go, okay, we'll... Because they've got plenty of empty seats on Con Air. Yeah. There's plenty of empty seats. So why not pop him on and send him off to B? No, but what I'm saying is he was already in B because I'm pretty sure the opening scene, the opening scene has a name of a place. Oh, okay. And I'm sure that was Alabama and I might have missed it. I might, it might have been Mississippi and I've been. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the prison system's so chocker. Yeah, maybe. That he has to be sent to somewhere halfway across the country. Anywho. But yeah. Second hole within the first 10 minutes. This is a white man in a high military position. He isn't going to jail for accidentally killing someone no. in a bar brawl. No. That's not happening. And he's definitely not getting eight years. No. He's getting fucking house arrest for two months. Yeah, he's getting community service, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't pull a gun. He just punched a guy. Yeah. W- once quite hard. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, it's such bullshit. Yeah. Other than that, other than that. I can buy into it. Until <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Bless him. He has not mastered the art of the voiceover, has he? He really fucking hates doing those. Yeah, it's um, it's a really weak-ass way to start the film, isn't it? Oh, God. Someone just needs to tell him. You just need just a little bit of energy. I know you're sad because yeah. you're in prison. Just a little bit. He's... And I know the accent doesn't help. Yeah. It's he's... really hard to do. He's writing letters home to his daughter and wife while he's in prison. Yeah. He's got a thick accent. I was about to say... It's a southern Southern accent. American, but it's whatever it is. It's kind of weird. It's not awful. It stays where it's meant to stay oh, the yeah, whole yeah. film. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very consistent. But it's just an odd... But that is primo Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it's to be just expected. Just sounding voiceovers. And all he's got to look at is pictures on the sell walls pictures of his daughter and trucks (laughs) the guy has just got pictures of his daughter makes sense yeah he's never met his daughter his daughter was born while he was in jail and he didn't want her to come and visit him because rightly i think didn't want her to see him in that position yeah i totally understand um he's got pictures of his daughter on the walls understandable and then just trucks post like you know like when you're a child and you you're know. looking at me like i would have done that no but I you know like child's child's like trucks child's yeah. child's like trucks he's just got like a poster that's like trucks of the world or something <laughs> great american trucks it's very odd it's just very odd he never again shows a particular liking for trucks we get some tractor action yeah we get a tractor later on but he's got trucks on the wall not tractors yeah. trucks Though I wanted to skip back a little bit. Okay. And um, 
the film opens with like stock heroic war footage over yes. a voiceover of Cage basically getting like dismissed from the not not dismissed but like um your service is over yeah congratulations like receiving his congratulations for being a war boy yeah and uh, i imagine this played a lot better pre afghan war yeah back in the early 90s uh, like the mid 90s because i just look at it now and i'm like i'm the liberal snowflake i am goes this isn't a good guy <laughs> <laughs> These aren't. This isn't good armying. This is war. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. It's just so we immediately because you're. It's very American flaggy. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Um. Yeah. So of course we're supposed to like it because he fought in war. And also, he tells his fucking life story to anyone who will listen. Yeah. His whole life story. I've got a daughter at home. I need to get back to her. It's her birthday. Literally anyone. Yeah. He tells the guard, he tells his best friend, even though they live in the same cell, so he knows all this shit. Yeah, he... He must tell everyone his life story, and it's compulsive. Yeah, he tells the guy, his roommate in prison, yeah. about this on, like, his last week in prison. Yeah. And the was the guy spending eight years going, who, 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 who's this who girl the... and who are these trucks? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, bit odd, but hey-ho. It's exposition. It's relatively quick and painless, isn't it? And then, um, a sort of our other lead character arrives on the scene in the form of John Cusack. Oh, uh, yes. When all the bad people are getting loaded onto the Con Air, uh, John Cusack turns up looking like someone doing uh, Nicolas Cage cosplay. Like oh current day Nicolas yeah. Cage day yeah, co- he cosplay. He's got sort of very black, slightly long, receding hairline hair. Yeah. And he's wearing a, like a little sunglasses, like an oversized tan suit. Yeah, he Which does. is a very Nicolas Cage sort of 2005 uh, look. Very much is. Um, and I just thought, wouldn't a Conair remake where Nicolas Cage is playing John Cusack's role be good? I can see that. And then over the years, we just... Make more Conairs, and we just rotate him into a different role. Oh, see, I don't. The one thing I think he can't do, I don't think he'd pull off the John Malkovich. Oh, I think he'd be great at, at Cyrus the Virus. I don't think he'd be able to get the balance right. I think he'd have to have a fucking good director to make that happen. I think it'd be great. I think it'll change the tone of the film, make it more campy and weird, maybe. But um, I think you'd do a great Cyrus the Virus. I don't know. Uh, also petitioning here that we no longer call it COVID. We call it Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> oh, um, dear. Yeah. I mean, and that, well, well, while we've moved on to it, let's, yeah. we get introduced at this point also to a series of criminals and thugs and yeah. you know, bad guys. What they've called essentially the worst of the worst. Yeah, I think... People who are on basically life sentences and are showing no kind of remorse or yeah. indication that they know what they've done yeah. was harmful in any way. The nastiest crooks around. Yes. And we're introduced to John- Johnny Malkovich playing... <laughs> being John Malkovich. Uh, being John Malkovich. Playing himself. No, Johnny Malkovich playing Cyrus the Virus, who's... I, no, I can't even I can't honestly remember, what remember. He did. He's some kind of masked criminal, and they think that he is quote unquote criminally insane. I know, I know what Cyrus the Virus did. 
What does he do? Cyrus the Virus tried to kill the Queen of England and rightfully take his place on the throne and <laughs> turn England into a prison island. <laughs> I mean, essentially, anyone who's living in England right now will call it a prison island. It is a prison island. We can't leave and it's what full was... of fucking arseholes. <laughs> oh, man, we need, we need Johnny English to come back. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, what was the guy's name in that? I don't remember. I want to say it's it was, been so long I since l- I saw Johnny. I fucking English. love that film, man. Rowan Atkinson dancing around his bedroom to ABBA music. Do you remember that? No, no great. Anyway, great, no. fu- great fucking film, Johnny English. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, but we also get introduced to a bunch of other crooks. There's Billy Bedlam <laughs> was one that I yeah. noted down. Can you remember any more of their funny names? No, we get a very militant black guy who's not a great stereotype. Oh, um, Ving Rhames' character. Yes, yes. I don't remember what his character's name was. Uh, so, it's so fleeting and then they never say it again. His characteristic is he's black and a rapist, isn't it? No, basically? he's not a rapist. Yeah, he is. He's trying to rape the guard, Ving Rhames is. No, 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 no. That's the Spanish guy. No. Yeah. Because he is the Spanish guy with the tattoos of hearts. Oh, on his yeah, D- Danny raped. Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Sorry. Was that Danny Trejo? That was Danny Trejo. I didn't even click that was Danny Trejo. It's, a young, it's a young Danny Trejo, so he hasn't got lot, so much of the sort of ingrained sort of wrinkles yeah. and scars. I on only his face. know current Danny Trejo. Yeah. Yeah, it's Danny Trejo that was playing the rapist. Um, while we're talking about Danny Trejo very quickly, yeah. if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend that you. YouTube, Danny Trejo talks about Kermit the Frog. Oh my god, it's so cute. And Danny Trejo having a very emotional talk on stage at like a Comic Con about how, um, uh, about the filming of Muppets Most Wanted, a film in which Danny Trejo had a sort of an extended cameo in. And he's beautiful. I love the man. Danny Trejo is a fucking treasure. Yeah. He's um, a legend. Uh, yeah, we got Pinball, who yeah. is uh, played by um, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> We'll get around to that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I can remember is the 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 quote unquote gay character. Yeah. Uh, called Sally can't dance. Yeah. Which I don't fucking understand. I don't understand that either. It might be a song reference. Yeah. I. I mean, I get Cyrus the Virus rhymes. Billy Bedlam. Yeah. We've got uh, sort of what do you call it? Uh, you know, when the letters are the same. Alliteration. Thank you. Um, you know, pinball. He's he's got a bald head. He looks like a pinball. Maybe you know something like that. Yeah. There's not. There doesn't seem to be loads of thought behind the no, names. No, but they're just fun little names. <coughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, talking about Dave Chappelle, pinball. Yes. He he got cancelled so bad for saying those transphobic things. He got sent back in time to jail. <laughs> um. Oh dear. Fucking Dave Chappelle cancelled my ass. Yeah. Can but, we talk about my favourite? Um, I don't know what the actual correct term is nowadays because prisoner is really derogatory. Convict? I don't know. I feel like it's different in- here than in, in, than in America. Yeah. I feel like it's different. Mm. Anyway. Um, they call them convicts so maybe let's go with that. Let's go with convict. My favourite. Hannibal Lecter. Oh, Steve Buscemi is uh, backdoor Hannibal Lecter. They bring Steve Buscemi on literally in Hannibal gear, like with the leather face mask. He's got face, the muzzle mask. and the he's straight all, jacket. He's all, I don't think he was tied to a board, but he might as well have been. They had like, uh, he had like cuffs yeah. with like long metal poles on. 
so that uh-huh. they were controlling his arms. Yeah. Weren't they? Yeah. And, and he's was... super intellectual, but he is a mass murderer. Yeah. Who makes the Manson family look tame. Can you imagine if they were making this film today? Yeah. They would totally have cast Anthony Hopkins. Oh, and just, like, and done, done it as a backdoor Hannibal pilot. Well, no, they would have just been shared universe. That's the big <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah. They would have called it Con Air, a new legacy. And then they would have had a scene where Rick and Morty turn up or something in a spaceship. <laughs> you know? No, that makes sense though, because at the end, Bashemi kind of has some kind of weird revelation where maybe he's found Jesus. And yeah, he escapes it's odd. and is just he escapes and is in Las Vegas living his life. Yeah. Hannibal goes free. That's a that's an opening for a sequel. I thought that that was what they were going with, was the idea would be that Cage is gonna have to track down Hannibal uh, to track down Buscemi. Yeah. In some sort of sequel, but the a sequel is, never happened. Buscemi never did anything wrong on the plane. That's what they're getting at. <laughs> Very much. Like, yeah, okay, okay, hang on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, are you trying to he excuse... He murdered lots of people. The person- Nicolas Cage was only going after people who were doing shit things on the plane. Yeah. Right? He didn't see anyone else. People commit crimes. Things happen by accident. That's why he's in prison. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. He's only here for the people who are here to fuck shit up on this plane yeah. to stop him getting home to hurt the people who have done nothing wrong on this plane. Yeah, yeah. Steve Buscemi does nothing wrong on that plane. Yeah, but still, I don't think that's an excuse to allow a man who's... No, but I feel like that's what they're going for. Yeah. Is they're going for, he's not such a bad guy. Bearing in mind... He goes to see a little girl. Yeah. When they stop at the airfield, we're jumping way into the film here. Yeah. They divert the plane into an airfield, which is next to a trailer park. And there's a little girl playing with her dollies at a table in the trailer park. In, in an, an abandoned swimming pool. swimming pool. Yeah, odd. And he goes and sits by her and it's really fucking creepy. And I spent the whole time going, he's going to murder this kid. Bearing in mind. He's going to murder this kid. That's the whole, that's his whole thing. He murders families. She's having like a tea party or something. Yeah. With a charred mannequin or something, like a big charred dolly yeah. that he pushes off the seat and then sits in. Yeah. And we've been introduced... So this character is a guy who, like, kills little girls. Like, he said, I wore a girl's head as a hat while I drove away from her murder. Yeah. It's gross. It's fucking... He's evil. And then the little girl asks him to sing He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Yeah. And Steve Buscemi just leaves. And he sings this song on the plane. And I feel like what they're getting at is if he hadn't been incarcerated with no access to people... He never would have changed, but he's changed because he had one conversation with the little girl. Yeah, it's who really, sang a Jesus song. To really him. odd. Really it's odd. It's very strange. And they spend a—it's not like just even a little side. Oh plot. no, they, they keep s- cutting back. Spend to a it. lot of time with the, him and the little girl in the pool, almost to build tension while another scene is happening yeah. with some tension and a dramatic stakes thing. So you you keep thinking, shit, he's gonna like kill this. The next yeah. time you see him, he's gonna be holding a head or whatever. No, it's so it's very bizarre. It's very I don't get that. And bear in mind, I'm a big believer in rehabilitation and being reintegrated into communities. I don't think prison is the best way. No, to uh, help anybody. Absolutely, it doesn't help anybody. No, it just stigmatizes people. Yeah, I don't think that should be happening. But 
That's very far-fetched. It's, it's very odd. If anything, and it's, not... it's just a very elided version of the gold standard of what could happen. Yeah, I wonder whether there was maybe stuff cut yeah, to keep it under like two hours. Maybe there was a conversation on the plane or the little... You, I mean, something. But anyway, what this did get me thinking Weird. was... Wouldn't Steve Buscemi in an alternate universe have made a really good Green Goblin? Oh, oh, fantastic Green Goblin. I was looking going, yeah, mate. And, and uh, I love Willem Dafoe. This is I think he's a, well, yeah, yeah, Willem Dafoe's I, That's nothing against Green Willem Goblin Dafoe. He's perfect. Yes, Steve Buscemi absolutely playing Green Goblin. Or just get him as a villain in Marvel. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Get him as a big, fun, campy villain in Ant-Man 3 or something. Talking about perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Johnny Malkovich... Oh. He's perfect casting for this. He he actually is, yeah. Uh, supposedly he had a very hard time on set. Really? Didn't enjoy filming because the script was changing so often he didn't know what he was doing from scene to scene. Oh, yikes. In a way, I kind of think that might have been a help. But it works for him. He's great in this. He's really towing the line between campy and ridiculous and, and a little bit scary. Yeah, genuinely quite threatening. Yeah. Like, he's like quite a force in this. And yeah, I love him. Good Johnny Malkovich. Good job. Good Johnny. This is the film where we get the famous air blowing through the mullet <laughs> meme. Yeah, we do get that gif. I'm glad we got that. We also got another one where he winks. How do you feel yeah. about the long hair? Oh, oh boy, I'm not a fan. No? It, where just, would this... it ages him ridiculously. It's very 90s. Where does this rank on the um, the hot hotometer? Oh. Quite low. And is it mainly the hair? It's mainly the hair, obviously. Because this is probably... He's very muscled and... Physique-wise, this is probably his most sort of toned and ripped. But then you are also talking to an asexual person. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't really get it. Yeah. From what I understand, I would have put him, if he didn't have the hair, quite high because he's got muscle tone and he's a good guy as well, which fucking helps a lot. Yeah. But the hair, man. The hair's awful. I can't deal with the hair. No. You can't style that, especially not in a sweaty movie. No. It just looks gross. It seems like a very odd character choice Character choice for me. He's a military man. Military men are very... Yeah, I imagine... From what I understand from the episodes of Queer Eye that I've seen with military men, in, they're quite um, regimented in their hairstyles. They quite like sh- having short hair. Yes, but he's been in prison for eight years and yeah. I imagine there's some kind of you have to save up money or something Ma- to get a maybe. haircut. Maybe. And it might be something maybe we're supposed to understand that he spent his money writing letters to his daughter instead of getting his haircut. Fair enough. There we go. Let's say that. Yeah. That was I in the know. that was in the novelization that we didn't read. Oh mate, I'm gonna write a novelization of this. Connor there's gotta be one. There must be. Yeah everything did every big action film had novelizations back then. Shall I look? Yeah go on. Because if not, I'm going to write and try and find the rights. Conair novelisation. Yep, sorry. Damn. Conair, book by Richard Woodley and Scott Rosenberg. Well done to them. Uh, Shall I see how much it is? I'm not going to read it, mate. Uh, No, I'm going to buy it for your birthday present. Oh, Jesus. $13.95? A limited print run. No one wanted to read it, I imagine. It's a second-hand copy. It's only in good condition. Yeah. Pages can have really... notes slash highlighting. Spines may show signs of wear. It's probably really hard to get hold of. Sold by Thrift Books Dallas, USA. There you go. Now, something you did say halfway through this film. 
wouldn't this make a good escape room? Yeah. I want to do this escape room, the yeah. Conair escape, Conair where escape. you're on a prison plane and you need to get off because you're there wrongly. You shouldn't be there. Yeah. I, I mean, it'll oh. be fine. I'd just put a staple in my palm before I got in. <laughs> oh, genuinely, I can't deal with any yeah, of that no, stuff. Yeah, no, a Conair escape room would be fucking ace, wouldn't it? Great. There's like doors to open, things to slide. You've got to go through the little crawl space. Padlocks. Luggage area. Yeah, there's a lockbox with a gun Bust in it. Out the back. It's, it's perfect. It's Drive almost... it through Las Vegas. Yeah. That's amazing. It's almost like primed for a... <gasps> yeah, you could have... You know, you get those virtual reality like cockpit simulators. Yeah. You could have one of those attached to the other side of the escape room so you do actually have to land the plane. This room is getting more expensive by the minute. I don't It'll think we gr- can afford this. It'd be a this. great fucking escape room. That would be so good. Shall we move on to a segment that we like... Whoa, to whoa, whoa. This is my bit. Stop stealing my bit. All right. Thank you. This is a segment we like to call Help! I'm trapped in a glass Nicholas cage of emotion! In which we pick the cagiest cage bit of every film we watch. What's your pick? Okay, so he doesn't go balls to the wall in this film at all. He doesn't go wild. No, not particularly. There's one or two moments where where it's up there. There's no screaming or, you know. It's all very motivated. Yes. And... It's more just odd dialogue. So my choice is a piece of odd dialogue. It's put the bunny back in the box. Yeah, put the bunny back in the box. He's he's bought a little stuffed rabbit for his kid's birthday, mm-hmm. July fourteenth, and um, it's about to get t- uh, chucked off the plane or something. Uh, no, uh, no, that's Billy later Bedlam. on. That's later on. Billy Bedlam. Billy Bedlam has gone through Nicholas Cage's belongings, which are in the hold, found along with all the other letter. things. Found his parole letter. Found the bunny he's going to give to his daughter, and uh, Nicholas Cage is very protective of said bunny. Wants him to put the bunny back in the box. Yeah. As, as we've established, he's very clear in his instructions. Billy Bedlam will not do that because now he knows he's on parole. Even though Nicholas Cage has told him he's got 15 years because he's trying to be a tough guy, trying to stop everyone from uh, causing further mayhem on this plane. Yep. And this is why they have a fight in the crawl space and Billy Bedlam ends up impaled on, on a, a random piece of pipe that's just sticking out because why not? I think his foot got Safe caught planes. on it earlier in the fight and it gets uh, okay. pulled out. Nice piece of fight choreography that I completely missed. Yep. Someone it's very had... dark. No, someone had to play Harry Potter game on their I phone. I wasn't playing a Harry Potter game. You weren't? No. What were you playing? <laughs> I was playing an idle tapping game. There you go. Uh, was it a farm? No, it was wasn't. Was it the other no. wizard school one? No. Adventure Capitalist. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so here we go. Need here something is something to turn off my mind too, mate. And here is put the bunny back in the box. Bunny back in the box. I knew you was a punk. And I was right. You were playing us all along. You a free man. I said, put the bunny back in the box. I've got two nominations for this. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm just going to quickly go through them go and say... Hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. <laughs> when a guy puts a silencer on a gun. Yeah. 
hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. And uh, don't treat women like that. Don't treat women like that. Uh, when Nicolas Cage catches uh, one of the Danny, Im- Trejo. Danny Trejo trying to rape the female guard, uh, he picks his head and smashes it against the cage and says, don't treat women like that. Don't treat women like that. Does it so hard that his arm comes off? I think we find out later. No, the arm... Did co- that come off in the... In the crash. Okay, that was fine. That then. was because the propeller cut through the plane. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the yeah. arm with the tattoo full of hearts for women he's raped... Raped, comes off, yeah. ...is disconnected from his body and I love that. Yeah. Uh, that was, That's just a great reveal, the way it's shot. Oh, you don't actually see any of the no. gore. You see an arm hanging... At the way it's shot, the gore is cut out of frame. Yeah. So it, it looks like it's still attached to his body. It comes as a fun reveal when the bat body's dragged away that the arm's oh, just still, still there. floating there. Uh. Really good. Really clever. Yeah. Lovely little gag. Can I make a non-cage um, connection slash minor nomination? Sure. Maybe as a supporting yeah. award? Connected to the bunny, John Malkovich later says, Make a move. And the bunny gets it. He's yep. holding a gun to a stuffed bunny. Yep. And he's about to chuck him out of a plane. Oh, boy. My daddy is coming home on July 14th. My birthday is July 14th. I'm going to see my daddy for the first time ever on July 14th. Make a move and the bunny gets it. Oh, what a brilliant piece of dialogue. It's great. That's... Fucking gold standard. So the the whole stuffed bunny thing yeah. was Cage's addition to the script. Of course it according, was. According to trivia. Why did I not know that? Of course it was. He was asked in, in he was asked in an interview whether that was because it, it seems like something he would do. And yeah. He went, yeah, that was all me. He got really proud about. I it. was wondering why why does a prison commissary have a fucking stuffed rabbit in it that he can buy for his child? So I'm gonna just read out this article. Number 15, this is Cage, the Con Air trivia you may not know. Okay. Number 15, Cage helped flesh out his character, including the idea of the stuffed bunny rabbit. When an interviewer guessed that the bunny had been Cage's idea, he copped to it. I'm proud of that. The whole bunny thing was mine. I wanted that to be symbolic of the, all the pain and loss he had gone through just, to pro- just for protecting his pregnant wife, protecting her too well, and getting thrown into prison. Cage also said he contributed the detail of Cameron Poe being a southerner. They have a strong sense of chivalry when it comes to women. Wow. There we go. That was Cage's idea. Probably one of the more iconic things from the film, though. Yeah, definitely. And it's um, it does work. It's a bit goofy. Yeah. But it does the job and it makes, it makes you know that he's connected to this for the right I reasons. I think definitely put the bunny back in the box. I'm not sure make a move and the bunny gets it struck home for me. That just made me giggle. But... Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of um, things outrunning explosions and planes that shouldn't really be able to outrun explosions and planes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Principally those being John Cusack, <laughs> uh, who can outrun a jet plane taking off, jump into a crane and operate it yeah. at the same time as outrunning it. You and wouldn't the, think it without squishy little cute face, would you? And that he'd be capable. The other one being driving away from an explosion. On a tractor, Cage uh, escapes an explosion in the sort of the junkyard on a tractor. Yeah. I think this is the part, this is 
kind of the point where I switched off because at this point they'd set us up for so many explosions that did not happen. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Well, yeah, Just make something explode. There's a bit where a plane crashes into a petrol so station. So close. In fact, there, there were a couple before that as well. Yeah. So first off, the bar where Nicolas Cage beats up the people and gets into trouble for killing a man. It's right next to a fucking oil field. Yeah. It's odd. For some reason. It's operating in, in like it's operating heavy in, rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely setting us up for an explosion that didn't happen. Next, the plane crashes like inches away from a massive tank of propane. Yeah. And I get that. That's the tension. You don't want them to actually crash into it. And then a little jet flies into a fucking petrol station. And it doesn't explode until John Malkovich flicks a cigarette, flicks a cigarette to make it explode. Yeah, That's not true. That <laughs> plane is full of fuel, full of things. It's literally crashed. It is on fire. It's got jets. It is on fire. Yeah. But it doesn't set off the explosion. Yeah, it's a bit silly. And I was like, just blow some shit up, please. They I were, made it this far into the film. They blow were, something they up. They do blow shit up. And well, they the, do after that. The thing is, is when they do blow shit up, there's this kind of very... Um, uh, it, 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 this film's got a very sort of uh, odd way of blowing things up where it goes for like extreme detail on the corpse in the flames. Oh, yeah. So it does it first when... People go to Johnny Malkovich's cell to try and find out what the plan is. Yes. And he opens, uh, he says, don't open, don't touch anything. And then the guy immediately opens a lunchbox that so literally says, says do, do not open. open on. <laughs> Fucking great. Flips it open. There's a bomb inside. Yeah. And the way we see it is we see physical bodies being like slammed by the fire against yeah. the wall. And then the door flies off and shit. And then it happens again with the cigarette moment at the petrol station. Yeah. You see the body like getting eviscerated by the flames. They really like seeing the detail on the bodies. It's very strange. It's a bit odd. But yeah. And um exploding half of Vegas. Oh half yeah. Half of the strip just absolutely decimated. Yeah. In the final scenes. Oh lush. Well the reason that the that last crash happens yeah. where the plane lands in sort of the lobby of the, the hotel casino. of the yeah. casino is because that casino was about to be blown up anyway. And they went. Oh, it's for real. Can, can you can you hold off? We want to yeah. crash our fake plane into the front of your. Thing. I was looking at it going. They spent money on that set, on yeah. the interior set. It was just a real. It's a real casino. Wow. It's a real casino, the Sands Casino on the Strip. And before they blew blew it up a few days before, they yeah. went. Okay, we're going to schedule our film, and they just fucking crashed the. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's great. The rest of it is model making and stuff. So yeah, the, the, you can kind of see the model in it. It's quite nice. It's really good I'd stuff. I'd rather that the, than CGI. The hard rock, they crash through like the hard rock neon guitar that's yeah. on the lobby of their hotel. And um, that's a model. That's a really good oh, model. Wow. Yeah. That's a really good model. It's really good model making. I love it. It's perfect. It's, it's so much more effective than, than some CGI because yeah. there is genuinely a weight and gravity to it. Yeah. For things like that. Some good, good stuff. Good, good model making. stuff. I'll tell you what was not so skilled. Whoever they had very little money left to pay to do the music. Oh boy, it's like watching a Hallmark film. There's some odd some cuts. very strange music happening. Talking about music though. Yeah. Um, How Do I Live Without You. 
How do I? No, no, no. Wait, wait. We can't afford it. Stop it. We can't afford it. I want to know. Don't get us sued. Was written for this film. What? Yep. Fuck off. And was nominated for both an Oscar for Best Original Song and a Razzie for both uh, worst original song. I mean, I agree. It's shit, but it's iconic. Mm. Why was it written for this film? Just was, mate. I can't believe that. Just was. What the fuck? Yeah. Do you want some more trivia? Yeah. Trivia time. I don't think anyone, anything is going to live up to that, though. This is some director Simon West trivia. Okay. Okay. Director Simon West... Uh, this was his first feature film, I believe. Yeah. Uh, prior to this, he directed the Never Gonna Give You Up music video <gasps> by Rick Astley. Yes! <laughs> yes! What an icon! So this guy's oh, responsible for two major memes on the internet. Amazing. Nicolas Cage, Hair Blowing in the Wind, and the Rick Roll. Yes. Um, but also, director Simon West has expressed back in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, interest in making a Con Air sequel. It's been 10 years. Uh, And uh, do you want me to read the quote out? Oh, go on. That he gave. What does he want to do? Let me have a look. Speaking with Screen Daily about seeking out crowdfunding for his next feature, the action comedy Salty, I don't believe it ever got made. No. West spoke about how he'd like to make Con Air 2. I quote, I would do it if it was completely turned on its head. Con Air in space, for example. Whoa! A studio version where they're all robots or the convicts are reanimated as super convicts or where the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. Something shocking. If it was clever writing, it could work. Simon. Simon, buddy. Is everything okay? Uh, mate, we need to are get. Right? We need to get a fucking crowdfunder up, not for salty. No, for Conair too. No, we don't. Did you hear those ideas? Robots in space. Yes, I heard those ideas. Sounds brilliant. Woof. I am well up for that. We you need can go to the cinema on your own, pal. We need a reunion of Johnny and Cage doing Conair two in space. Air, space, space air, space air. No. Yeah. Space Force. <gasps> no, because you could get John Malkovich back as, like, Bezos. And yeah. it's on a Bezos flight. Bezos flight. It's all the billionaire criminals. Yep. And then I think, um, I mean, or we do Con Air and uh, Con Space. Yeah. And Con Space. That or... sounds like a really shitty version of MySpace. And then we merge those two together. Yeah. And we make more air buddy films <laughs> well they were turned into dogs so we should do con air yeah with the dog from air buddy air buddy <laughs> no the little ones are buddies aren't they yeah yeah then we do space buddies, space buddies which is, which is already dog. a film yeah. but we put nicholas cage in there using cgi you know, oh, like so they do. Like... At, you know, like they do at the Oscars with Billy Crystal, where he pops up in all the films. Yeah. They just get uh, uh, space buddies. Yeah. And put Nicolas Cage in. Oh, so like he's the only human in a Muppet movie, but it's yeah, and he he's dogs. just like you know on a blue screen in front of the action, going, "What about all this?" Ooh, like Billy Crystal at the Oscars, <laughs> and then, then oh god, we do what? I mean, what other ones are there? 
I, I think they're spooky buddies. Yeah. So we do con spooky. Or what please, about? Please stop this. What about? Um, I, I believe there's treasure buddies. So why don't we do treasure air? <laughs> please. In stop. which or con please treasure? National treasure. Con treasure, where Cameron Poe from Con Air yeah. meets Benjamin Franklin Jr. or whatever he's called yeah. from National Treasure, and they team up. Yeah. With. Probably Bugs Bunny. Let's call it Treasure <laughs> Treasure Air. New Legacy. I think I'm onto something. And there's, oh my God. there's little puppies in it or something. Uh, you can't see him right now, listeners, but Callum has the look of that Charlie Day meme from Always Sunny where he's got a massive board of paper and wires and it's pointing out. I've actually drawn... <laughs> he's drawn a picture! I've not drawn a picture, I've just drawn lines <laughs> between words. Oh, God. I'll put that up on socials. We'll make the Conair extended universe. There we go. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm I'm tapped out. I That's need a me. Break. Oh dear. Have you got any Amazon movie reviews? For I've got us? some Amazon movie reviews for you. Always come through. Here we go. Okay. Unsurprisingly, lots of five star reviews. Yeah. There's only one percent one star reviews on Amazon, and it's had over four thousand reviews. Wow. It is four and a half star rated. I think that's. F- f- I, I think that's fair enough. I can understand. If you know what you're going in for, this is a four-star film. Yeah. And the people of Amazon fucking love it. Go for it. Like, so many of the one-star reviews are just, DVD didn't work. Yeah. Can't believe it. This one didn't work. Here are I some... Just got, I just got sent a copy of Treasure Buddies instead. <laughs> Here are two short ones who um, did not enjoy the film. Okay. Peter Thompson, DK. I don't know what DK... Dakota? Donkey Kang. Donkey Kang. Who is Donkey Kang? (laughs) Peter Thompson, Donkey Kong, says one star. What a waste of money. Very destructive movie. Yeah. I would argue it's not destructive enough. Has he not seen the cover? It is a picture of a plane blowing up. It isn't even funny, realistic or spectacular. It's an example of a very expensive movie. Where cars, flights, etc. is destroyed or burned down. If machine guns fire or explosions all the time is exciting. I suggest two two slash three of S. Seagulls movies would be better. They've put Seagulls, but I think they mean Steven Seagal. They do. No, they mean Johnny Seagal from um, University Challenge. <laughs> do you remember that guy? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Is his name Johnny Seagal? I, I can't remember. I don't know. Look him up. He's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Donkey Kong didn't enjoy. No. Jan J. Davis Mm -hmm. in 2008 gave it one star. Yeah. Sunday morning ironing film. (laughs) That's what they call their review. (laughs) How many stars? One star. One star. Sunday morning ironing film. This movie was playing whilst I tackled a huge pile of ironing. (laughs) And if it wasn't for me having to keep taking my eyes off the screen to do something else, I would have rejected it from the DVD much sooner. 
It's so far-fetched, it makes Back to the Future look like a documentary. I was laughing out loud at the lines. The attempt at the James Dean furrowed brow hammy acting by Cage. The slug out hot and sweaty fight scenes that would have rendered anyone else unconscious. The stereotypical characters had me laughing too. The whole thing was interjected with obligatory fire and explosions, so set up they're comedic. When it at last got near to the end, so they watched the whole movie. Yeah. This ironing took them two hours. Yeah. Like, this is a big household they are in. Yeah. When it at last got near to the end and I found I had correctly predicted out loud what the final scenes would be. Excuse me, how do you know it's going to end in an explosion in Vegas? There is no indication. The maybe, Vegas maybe coming. if you know. American geography, you know which direction they're heading in. There is no indication they're going to Vegas to no. crash until it literally just is about to happen. I mean, I guess they're. Pred- I, I'm imagining their prediction was the plane's going to crash land somewhere and then there'll be a fight on top of a fire engine. <laughs> so predictable. So predictable. When it at last got near to the end and I found I'd correctly predicted out loud what the final scenes would be, it was confirmation who this film is aimed at and I switched it off. This is a film that ticks all the boxes in terms of the must have list. Must have fight scenes, must have lots of explosions, must have a storyline an amoeba could understand, must have sentimental wit, must include tug at your heartstrings child included in storyline, must get a life and not this film. It is an insult to your intelligence. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I would say that was a pretty good review for it. Yeah. But I would just say that's a review for a different, for a five star film, four star film. (laughs) But everything she's saying, I agree with. Yeah. But it does it all very well. The genre. Yeah. It, it does give you everything that you expect from one of these films, but it does it quite well. So, fuck off. That's my review of her. So I've struggled a bit for five-star reviews because everyone is fucking gushing essays-long yeah. reviews on how much they love it. Yeah, and we're looking for short and pithy. Short and pithy. Pithy. Here we go. David Pratt. This is five stars. One of the greatest action movies of all time. Yep. A straightforward storyline, a great cast, a few comical moments and some great action scenes. If you're into action movies and haven't seen this, then it is a must-watch and mm-hmm. you will not be disappointed. Especially on Blu-ray, you really do get a nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> this one I'm going to disagree with. Tess says five stars. Names their review. July 14th lover. Yeah. <sighs> Nick Cage always shows that he's one of the most versatile and convincing actors to have ever walked the earth. The only problem is that the movie is too short. <laughs> and their massive smiley face. That sounds like a one true godder. It really does. Yeah. Finally, Mr. MJ Hall. Five stars. A first class action movie. This is all in caps lock, so excuse me, listeners. I'm going to lean back from the microphone. Okay. This is one of those films that you can watch again and again. The acting is first class with some humour thrown in as well. That's it. Yeah, it is. I, 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 people love this film. I, I, yeah, I like it. All the more to them. Power to the people. (laughs) Hey. I get why people like it. I really do. Yeah. It makes sense to me that people like it. I imagine if I saw this in a cinema, I'd have a fucking whale of a time. You know. See that on the popcorn movie. See that on the big screen with a bucket of popcorn. Yeah. Lovely. You know the way we watched it on a Saturday morning. When we should have been in bed. Maybe not the best way to watch it, but still, it did its fucking job, didn't it? Yeah. Did its job. Gave me a plot. It was coherent. Gave me characters that I were invested in. The action was fun. The comedy hit. 
Dave Chappelle got killed off relatively early, so I didn't have to deal with that too much. Um, yeah, it was all it was all four stars, thumbs up, very nice. That yeah, that's it from me. And that's it from me. Cool, just stealing someone's sign off. Yep. Um Now enjoy the end credits where we just kind of scroll past. With photos and our names underneath. The credits were weird. To some weird kind of hallmarky music. It was very It looks odd. like it should be outtakes, but it's not. Enjoy! Yep. Enjoy! Bye! And turning this off, we're going to get sued. How do I leave Bye! Without... Thank you for listening to our silly little podcast. If you've enjoyed yourself, the best thing you could do for us would be to leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, because that helps other people find the show. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, you can find us on all the usual social medias at Nick Cage Pod. That's at N-I-C-C-A-G-E-P-O-D. I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And if that's still not enough, or if you've got a spare couple of quid burning a hole in your pocket you can buy us a virtual coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash Nick Cage pod. After all, we need to pay for these ridiculous movies somehow. <laughs> <laughs>